Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. The Safe House invites you to experience Chicago's number one spy-themed bar and restaurant located in the heart of River North, where you should never go. Your next late-night mission should include a stop at the Safe House, where you can sip on giant shareable cocktails, dance the night away to our live DJ, and then exit through our top-secret laser maze. Name Chicago's most Instagrammable restaurant. Don't miss out on the fun every Friday and Saturday night. I read that way too fast, and I'm out of breath. <laughs> For more information, visit safehousechicago.com. Bring your safe word to Safe House Chicago. What's your safe word? Raspberry. Mine is foliage. <laughs> You've never changed yours. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is Friendshiping. And the theme this week is... Being rude on with technology. The new, fancy, exciting way to be rude. <laughs> Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Trin, it has been a minute. It has. I forgot how to do this. Jen, I bought 100 worms on the internet. Oh my god. So these you have worms now? Yeah, red wigglers. You have... Okay, first of all, I need to know how big your hundred worms are. Are we talking inchworms or are we talking like that one creature from the never ending story big? Oh, you Falcor? Yeah. No, 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 no. They're not uh <laughs> Falcor. Isn't Falcor like a luck dragon? Yeah, I don't think he's actually a he's worm. He's not a worm, but yeah. I know what you mean. And yeah. that's what's important is that we're connecting on this. Tell me about your worms. So I got a hundred red wigglers. So on the you internet. got worms for on purpose. This on purpose time. this time, they are not infesting my body and slowly eating all of my energy away from me. Instead, they are going to be eating my garbage. Oh, yeah! I'm really stoked. So um, it, it's way easier than I thought it was because, like, okay, so. Just to back it up, as you all know, as we say all the time, we are based in Chicago. And Chicago is a great place to live unless you want to reduce your carbon footprint, in which case it's the worst city to live in. Nine percent of our recycled items are actually recycled. The rest of them are put into the landfill by the city. We were also recently named the most corrupt city in the United States. Which doesn't surprise me At whatsoever. All. I was like, yeah, duh. You know how Seattle has like composting in like every public building? We have it in no public building. You have to, like, pay somebody to compost. So instead, I bought worms. And there's this this company called Nature's Little Recyclers. It's a Chicago-based oh. company. Right? Oh, I know! So cute. You wouldn't know that they're talking about, like, disgusting red worms. That's, they're rebranding it. They're, re- they're rebranding the worm. And so, like, it was 25 bucks. And I, and I know that this is what I bought isn't really a compost bin with worms in it. It's a science experiment for babies to do. Because um, So 100 worms, not that many worms. Where do they live? Can you describe to me where these worms are in your house? Oh, it's okay. So they haven't arrived yet. Okay. I have text messages set up so that I can track them every inch of the way. So <laughs> they are texting you. The worms are, sen- are sending You allow push notification from your worms. From worms. So it's almost like a shoebox sh- uh, sized and shaped plastic bin. And what you do is they send you like a quart, I guess, of worms. They're like, they also say like, it's about 100 worms. Like nobody's going to count out fucking 100 worms for you. It's like a quart of worms. So I might be having like 107 to 115 worms. Oh my gosh, we have so many worms to name. I'm so excited. Uh, We're going to name every single one of the worms in my worm colony. So they get you this plastic bin and then there's like um, they give you a piece of burlap and like uh, they're like, here's some cardboard to get you started. They also gave me protein powder and calcium supplements for my worms. That seems like a little much. Did they also sign them up for a CrossFit gym? (laughs) 
my worms are just going to go like push metal sleds <laughs> across empty warehouses. Don't uh, let them get too strong. They're if they get swole, they might escape. Yeah, like, it's rough. Yeah, um, but yeah. So like, it's not that many. Like like I got basically enough to like you know eat a banana peel every now and again. And then so listen to this crazy bullshit. Worms are like wolves. Oh, my God. In that, they mate for life. I'm kidding. That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> Worms are like wolves in that wolves will adjust their population size based on how many resources they have. So they will naturally start having fewer babies and, like, all this stuff. That's incredible. Right. But Maybe humans should do that. Humans uh, are incapable of this. But um, the worms, what they'll do is if there are too many worms, they'll start eating each other. Yep. Which is fine. Do the wolves eat each other? They don't, I don't wolves think so. don't do that. Wolves are a higher life form than worms. Right. Worms are basically like weird, squishy machines. Oh, cool. You know, like they're like plants like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm not saying that I don't respect the bodily autonomy of my worms. What I am saying is that they will eat each other and then they will fuck until they die. So once I want more worms, all I have to do is get a bigger bin, give them more food, throw them in there. And in a couple of weeks, I'm uh, infested with worms. That's incredible. Just crawling with worms. Please keep us updated on all the garbage they eat. I can't wait. I'm going to share so many pictures. Also, I've already tindered them. Excuse me? So Eleanor from the office also has worms. Like worms, like red, not infestation worms. Eleanor? But, yeah. There's a woman named Eleanor who I've met one time who walks around the office and she's on Slack all the time. Oh, right. Eleanor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're becoming friends even though I don't think we've ever spoken in real life. Oh, wait. Are you making your worms date her worms? Yes. We're Got gonna tr- So, So she's going to take some of her worms and I'm going to take some of my worms and we'll trade worms and then we'll throw the worms into one another's worms and then our worms will fuck It's together. like a swingers party. It's like a swingers party. And then the genetic diversity of our worm colony will be increased. Do they smell? They are not supposed to smell. So if they smell, something went wrong. Oh, that's good to know. And more worm facts. Yeah, you've now subscribed to worm facts. Hashtag worm facts. They are not supposed to smell and people make the mistake of putting too much wet material in with their worms. You're supposed to have a 70% dry material to 30% wet material mix. So things like old mail or uh, wood chips, I guess, if you have those. They're going to eat your old garbage mail? That's fucking incredible. They're going to eat my tax returns. (laughs) Because why shred it when you can feed it to the worms? love it there's and like there's a lot of rules like you can't give them like salt or sugar or whatever like it's really good if if you are um somebody who cooks which i never do but my partner does every night so we have a lot of like vegetable scraps oh they'll eat your veggies oh that's fucking awesome yeah i'm very very excited um and the first worm will be named what are we claritin I was thinking like Wormitha, but that's I like Claritin a lot more. And I have that on my shopping list because the weather's fucked up. <laughs> I love worm facts. That was incredible. Well, I have more worm facts to share, and I'll be back next week with hashtag worm facts. <laughs> Jen, we had a special request on Twitter last oh, week. Oh, we sure did. It was to uh, yell and whine about the weather, right? Yes, and I am very excited to do this before we start our questions. Jen, do you have any uh, horrible weather stories about what happened? Because we've re- experienced basically every season. All every kind of it. Yeah. yeah. So last week we couldn't record because we were experiencing polar vortex to electric boogaloo. 
And it was pretty damn cold, I will say. It got to like negative 40 outside and dangerously cold. You kind of expose skin without getting frostbite. I will say I have no complaints because I have, my house was warm and I got to work from home and like it all worked out. And Mavi was she was kind of agreeable. She kind of went on a bathroom <laughs> strike for like 24 hours. Aww. And it was like, this is hurting me and it's hurting you. Please just go to the bathroom. You outside. have to poop. Yeah. And you she finally did. And we threw a little party. We were like, she pooped. Poo party. Yeah, she did it. But yeah, so it was so cold that my partner like went to like stick his key in like the garage door to like, you know, it's like a doorknob. And he like, and his key got stuck. And because there's like frozen water in there. So ice. It broke. His key broke. Like what? I've never seen a key snap in half before, like a like a popsicle stick. That's what happened. Holy shit. Yeah, it was That's wild. No good. It was wild. It was very cold. Yeah, a lot of like people like weird things happen when it's that cold. Yeah. I I felt really glad about how prepared Chicago seemed in general for this. Though. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. We had um obviously like we, no matter what you're gonna do when you have extreme weather like this, there will be deaths. And that fucking sucks. But there were fewer than I think was expected. Like, it right. didn't get wild. Like, there was um, free lifts to warming centers and things like that. Like, I think, I feel like we were prepared, and it made me feel better about the level of community that we have here. I know. Because as the federal government continues to fail us, like, we're going to have to support each other in, like, various ways, and, and this is this is one of the things we'll have to deal with in the future. So, uh, and I'm not trying to say this on a bad note. I'm saying it on a very good note. Yeah, it was kind of amazing to see the, the city come together. I actually have a quick story about that. So, my friend posted on Facebook like, like, hey, has anyone heard from name of guy? I won't say his name. And it turned out that is the a former neighbor of hers who is an older man who lives alone. And she was like, I called him all day just to check on him and see how his apartment was. And I can't get a hold of him. And that's very unusual. And people were like, I can't get a hold of him either. Blah, blah, blah. Oof. So she ended up calling, I believe, 311 to have someone check on him. And it turned out he had a stroke. <gasps> And he's doing really well now. Oh, he's like being so left, like leaving the hospital. And she like went and visit him. And she won't like entertain this thought because I think it freaks her out a little bit. I'm editorializing, but that's kind of what the vibe I'm getting. I think she might have saved his life. Yeah. Yeah. So like check on your people, man. Uh, it happened like a few degrees away from me where I saw someone check on someone and like really help them. I don't know. It was beautiful and sad and like, man, good work. All you had to do was like worry about someone for two minutes, take some action and like really help. I'd like to make a note that in the future, so one of the most important aspects of our show to me is not just that we talk about kindness, but that we talk about being intentional about our communities. And I just think that like, you know, a, a lot of people will think like, oh, you live in a city and like no one knows their neighbors and nobody gives a shit. But like that's that's not how it ought to be. Yeah. Like, and we, it's not true in a lot of cases. In most cases, I would say so. Like I know, I mean, I, I vaguely know my neighbors, but I would notice if they were gone. Right. You know, like I would I would notice. I, I whenever um I go out of town and my brother, who's a giant white man, uh, is, is, uh, is babysitting my cats, I'll leave a note and be like, hey, if some weirdo is in my apartment, like this is why. I really want to start encouraging people more and more to do this because like this is really the way that humanity survives the next few hundred years. I know that sounds like way too enormous, but it isn't. It is like the very fabric of why humanity has made it as far as it has. Yeah, I believe in community more than I believe in pretty much anything else. And community can is what you make of it. I believe in the people around me way more than I believe in any any politician or any law. I yeah. believe in how you treat people in your own neighborhood is like, that's politics. A thousand percent. So let's talk about being rude. <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to talk about the opposite of, of that. <laughs> 
So as humanity progresses in progresses into the next few hundred years, we have also discovered new and exciting ways to be rude to one another. <laughs> so um, we are going to talk about technology and how that affects our relationships. But we also want to be really clear. We're not Luddites here. We're not here to say, like, get rid of your phones, get rid of all your stuff. You know, a couple hundred years ago, you'd see people complaining about, like, everybody's reading the newspaper on the train rather than talking I to know. one another. Yeah, we don't subscribe to the belief that technology makes people more rude. Yes. It just makes people rude in a new, exciting way. Exactly. And we want to talk about um, new rules for how we deal with rudeness in tech. Because we're getting questions that um, about, like, earbuds and stuff. And, you know, Jen's uh, 19 years old, and I'm well, closing in on 44. And <laughs> we're very different generations trying to parse how we deal with things like this. So, Jen, I would love it if you would read the first question in your dulcet tones, wearing your beautiful blue sweater. You look great in blue. Thank you. I was walking with my friend and realized I had my earbuds in. No music playing, just forgot them. I made a comment to my friend, realizing I leave my earbuds in a lot, but off, and I wondered out loud how many times I've talked to people and they thought I was listening to music. Her response was, you come off as rude? Never. Oof. In a sarcastic tone. That's not helpful. Some time passed, and I'm just thinking about it again. Now I'm concerned I'm doing something rude. But how do I ask her what she means without sounding like I'm either attacking her, bringing up something from a while ago, or sounding self-deprecating or whatever? She's a direct person, so a part of me thinks she was actually referring to something. We're not great friends, more like classmates. But if I'm doing something wrong, I'd like to correct it. How do I bring it up again, even though it's been a couple days since she made the comment? Pronouns she, her. So we're going to se separate this into two parts. So one, we're going to talk about the rudeness or lack thereof rudeness with earbuds and, and uh, how we deal with tech. And we're also going to talk about how to bring this up again. It's been a couple of days. I don't really think that's much time has passed. No, it's not been like years. And right. It's, it's bothering you after a couple of days, which I totally understand and relate to. Yeah. Which part do you want to attack first? Let's talk about um. Let's talk about the technology part first. I like that. So technology complicates all the like basic etiquette stuff. I feel like it is irritating when someone is trying to talk to you when you have earbuds in, and like it is it is annoying. But I can also picture so many scenarios when that is totally fair to have earbuds in, like a college campus walking around on the train, sometimes in our office in the morning when people are making themselves breakfast in the kitchen, their headphones are in. And it's not unfriendly. It's just like, I got my head down. I don't feel like talking yet. I'm easing into work. Like, that's totally acceptable. Yeah. And I think a lot of like tech problems, such as having your earbuds in, it's just you forget that they're in. Like, you're just moving on with your day. You're not intending this to be affecting anybody else whatsoever. It's just that they feel natural in your ears. That's what they're built to do. And then you leave them in. It's funny because, like, I, I kind of talked about before we read the question was when Jen and I read this, we were just like, oh, yeah, that does sound rude. But I wonder if this would be rude to, like, a 20-year-old person who their adult life has been having little earbuds like in. all the time right yeah right. yeah like before we recorded this turn i googled phone etiquette just to like see what what the top google searches were and it was all very obvious like turn your phone off when you're in a movie theater or turn it on silent yeah of course uh, but some of the information was like just outdated like one thing was said never take a phone call when you're having a face-to-face -face conversation with someone else that's ridiculous i would definitely if my phone rang and i recognized the number my friends and family don't call each other so i know it's important i would yes. be like excuse me and i would Definitely take the phone call almost 
even if I was in the middle of a meeting and I got a phone call from like you or a close friend or family member, I'd be like, I'm taking this. Like this information was just outdated. Yeah. I feel like we've spoken on the phone maybe two times ever. You know, like we do a lot of Google Hangouts for like work. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. But we don't really do phone calls. No. Like, why would we? Why? We have we, we talk in almost every other way. Exactly. Like, oh, man, I totally agree with you, Jen. Like, if my brother called me right now, yeah. I would stop recording and pick it up because somebody's dead. Yeah. And that's not rude. No, I agree. And I also feel like, however... If I were recording with somebody who was like 65 or something like that, like if my dad was you, if you were my father, Jen, and Gus called me, well, then we'd be both be concerned and we would stop recording. <laughs> How? OK, let me let me. Re- okay, I'll if, be your dad yes. and I'm calling you. OK, Jen is calling you, but not but not Jen, because I'm your dad. Wait, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, OK, back it up. <laughs> what I mean to say is if somebody in the same generation as my parents was in the room, it was the gen in this situation. I would explain and then pick it up. So I feel like maybe the first step of not being rude with tech is being very clear when you are with somebody who is not of your same generation. Yeah, or like someone who just uses technology differently. That's very true, too. And there's no real good way to know who that is. Yeah, I know. Like my dad has an iPad and he uses it to take pictures. And I think that is the (laughs) sweetest thing ever. And it's like, you know, some people think that's weird or rude. Like, he's not like at a concert holding up and blocking someone's view. He's using it to take pictures of his granddaughters. And I think it's like the sweetest thing ever. And I never would have thought to do that with an iPad. It's not really what an iPad is for. But to him, that is the best use of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, this is my gigantic phone that doesn't make phone calls. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so I guess, so now that we've clarified that, it seems really that, I mean, everybody has a different reaction to technology. And you can't really know what's rude and what isn't. So maybe just like everything else that can be rude or not, do your very best to assume that people are not trying to be assholes and also explain yourself as best as you can. Yeah, I mean, everyone's mileage varies a little bit on this. And Trin and I always like to say, assume the best of your friends. We're not telling you to, like, look for the good in an enemy. No. We're we're telling you, like, look at the people around you and recognize. your enemies. Yeah. Well, like, the people, your your friends that you love will be rude sometimes. Yes. I just, um, so about the earbud specific thing, though. I'm wondering if the reason why the classmate viewed this as rude is because you are not facially engaged in conversations. The only way that I would see the earbud things being rude is if she absolutely cannot tell if you're listening or not. And that's not your problem or your fault. It's just you may need to take one extra step to make sure that people know that you are engaging with them. That's really smart, Trin. Like, otherwise, it kind of puts all the work on your friend to, like, manage the conversation. And I could see why that would be a bummer. Like, If you're not the kind of person who is good at making eye contact in a conversation, then having your earbuds in is just another thing that makes you look like you're not engaged, even when you may be. So unfortunately, this is going to be one of those you need to put in a little work that doesn't feel natural to you. I guess my first piece of of real advice to this asker would be try to be more facially engaged. And by that, I mean, have visible facial reactions to things people are saying. If you don't look directly in their eyes, at least like nod in their direction every now and again. 
And, you know, I'm picturing this person and their classmate, you know, walking from class to class talking to one another. And you may be focused on where you're going. I think it might be also helpful to talk with your hands a little bit. Like, make sure people know that you're in the moment. Yeah, I like that. Know that you're in the moment. Be a little more engaged and what, whatever. Put a little more effort in that area. Yeah. I hear this a lot with, um, so I'm one of those people who, I check my phone all the time. I check my phone while I'm talking to people. I check my phone constantly. And it's not because I'm disengaging in the conversation. It's that my brain needs a tiny break. And I think people used to doodle instead. Yeah, Like totally, back in the day before totally. they had phones. Or look in a different direction. Gaze off, yeah, you know, like yeah. play with their hands, whatever. Yeah. So what I try to, I try to do the same thing as, as the advice I just gave you, which is if I'm checking my phone and like dealing with it, I make a very concerted effort to say things while I do that or to nod when people are talking. You're a great listener, Trin. Thank you. You're a very good listener and you're a great listener as you're doing other things. It's definitely effort. You yeah, know? yeah. And if you can't do that, then like, then tell your friend, give me one second. Right. I don't think that's rude. I don't think that is yeah. either. Jen, I think that that's the other like concrete piece of advice is if you are not listening, then say so out loud. Yeah, yeah. Acknowledge it. Don't pretend and half listen. I think it can say, I'm going to check my phone real quick. Just going to make sure this is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I were... I'm bringing up my brother again. If my brother texted me while we were talking and I just wanted to flip and just see what he said, if he said something like intense that I needed her to respond to, I'd say, actually, you know what? I was going to multitask this and I have figured out I cannot. Yep. Give me one second. That's so good. Um, what else? Okay. What else? <laughs> Jen, tell me about Mr. Darcy. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking about this, you know, we were talking before we asked the question, like people aren't rude now that they have technology. They've always been rude. And I was thinking, like, what was the original subtweet? Like, in the early 1800s in, like, Pride and Prejudice, like, Mr. Darcy would definitely subtweet if he had about the Bennets, if he had Twitter. Like, that would... He totally would. He would subtweet Elizabeth while he was staring into her eyes lovingly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. God. Yeah. So, like, like people have been doing rude things forever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Like, the original, I'm sure, like, the original, like, art on cave walls was a little, like, well, Deborah didn't bring in her share of bison uh, bison <laughs> bison feet yeah hashtag fuck Deborah. <laughs> i am um, i love that jen because like people have always been people they've always been kind of assholes yeah it's kind of comforting and annoying at the same time yeah like there was um god i'm going to murder this so um spike trotman at iron spike on uh twitter if you want to learn like fuck anything about history or like hear interesting things follow her on, on twitter and one of the things that god i'm again i'm gonna butcher this so fucking hard but i don't care but like ancient greek and roman graffiti was all just like shit posting <laughs> awesome. it was all just like yeah. my dick and olive oil and grape juice yeah <laughs> come and get it hermes you know like it was it was all that shit it's just I, I guess the point we're trying to make is like i would hope that your friend asker understands that you are just being a human. Yeah. Yeah. So we should address the other part about this, which is the well, like personal yeah. friend interaction. How do I bring this up again? First of all, I don't see any there's no good outcome of saying you rude never. Yeah, that was kind of rude. Yeah. Rude, rude, rude. If you want to bring up somebody hurting you or feeling like somebody's being ignorant to you, that's a conversation, not a shit post. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you said you're not close friends, but you're, like, classmates. So, like, I mean, you could say, what do you think, Trin, if you're like, hey, you know the other day when you you said uh, you come off as rude? What was that about? Am I doing something 
what's going on there? Do you think it's worth doing that? But think, remember, it's, you're not a close friend. Well, so Jen, I think because you're not a close friend, this is totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Because, so if you said this to me, um, I think in the moment I would have been like, what the fuck, babe? What's going on here? <laughs> you know, like that would be We're a lover's quarrel. Oh, lover's quarrel. But like, but for your classmates quarrel, I mean, you you guys probably see each other like not every few days or, right. or something like that. And and I think that it's perfectly appropriate to say like exactly what you said. Remember when you said that thing? I'm just curious. I think that the main focus of, of your brain while you're having this conversation is you are not attacking this because the answer could very well be, you know what? I didn't mean anything by that. I don't even know why I said it. Yeah, absolutely. So you should go into this seeking some more information. Yeah. Yeah. And let's also think about what your follow up questions would be. So if you said, do you want to just do you want to just have this conversation? Yeah, let's do quick? it. Do you want to be because uh, uh, there's no bad guy here, I feel like. Do yeah, you, do I want to be the, the earbud person, the earbud person. OK, yeah. I will be the friend and then let's have it go uh, real easy and okay. then real hard. OK, you know how we do. Yeah. So. I start every improv scene by introducing myself. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Hello, I am Beef Wellington, and I am asking my classmate, hey, um, you know the other day when we were walking around campus and you you said, uh, you come off as rude, never? Just want to know, what was that about? Like, am I doing something wrong? Is it the earbud thing? Hey, Beef, good to see you again. Uh, it's me, your good friend and classmate, Russell S. Sprout. And I am here to say, you know what? Um, I kind of just said that offhand and I was just kind of like making a joke. You're not rude. I, I'm not really used to people walking around with earbuds and talking to me. And sometimes it's hard to parse like what you're trying to say. Um, so that was really all I kind of meant. Got it. That. Yeah. The earbud thing is just like a habit of mine. I just forget they're there. I do hate it when you do that. Don't get me wrong. Oh, OK. I want to be very clear that I do not like this. But like you're not like rude. It's just like maybe, you know, make it more clear that you can talk to me while you've got your earbuds in because sometimes it's just hard to know what you're doing yeah that's fair mr beef well that was real easy that was easy let's make it (laughs) let's let's make it more the more likely conversation is gonna be more difficult it's gonna be a little more awkward i think yeah totally hey brussel um you know the other day when you were like you come off as rude never you made that comment kind of offhand i was just wondering like what was that about first of all call me bruss sorry bruss (laughs) bruss bruss it is Second of all, uh, yeah, I mean, you can kind of be kind of a dick. I don't know what's going on with you, but like, I mean, we'll be walking around like between classes and like I'm trying to talk to you and you're like flipping through Twitter and I don't I don't understand that at all. But I like I'm still listening. I can just like I'm like multitasking. Like, are you like, can you actually multitask? Can anybody really do that? Like, it feels like you're totally disengaged with what I'm talking about. I can't believe you called me a dick. Just because I have my phone on me, I just want to ma- I, I don't check my phone during class. No, Jen, you have to be a good guy. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I have to be a good guy? So we, you, the only reason I want you to be a good guy is because, uh, you know, Mr. Beef, the asker, can only control what Okay, they you're say. right, you're right, you're right. Okay. So we're going to pretend that they're taking all of our advice and that um, I, Brussels S. Sprout, have heard no advice. Okay, got it. Here we go. I'm Let's ready. So, but I actually, I actually am multitasking. Like, I know it doesn't seem like it, but I do have an ear turned to you. Maybe, maybe I should just be a little bit uh, better about expressing myself when I'm listening to you. I mean, I don't know what you would do. I mean, all I'm asking for you is to stop flipping through your phone while you're talking to me. Um, I, I'll put my phone away if that makes you more comfortable. But just so you know, it doesn't mean I don't care about what you're saying. Hey, thanks for saying that out loud. Like, I just, I didn't know how to interpret, like, you have an earbud in and you're flipping around in your phone. Like, I thank you. Like, if you can multitask and that's what you're doing, I do feel a little better. Yeah, honestly, I keep my earbuds in because if I don't, I just lose them. (laughs) I love that. 
See, like, that's why, so that's what I like about this conversation is that Beef was sticking to their story of, hey, I multitask. I don't want to be a dick to you. Like, I'm making very clear that this is not the intention at all. Also, like, hey, I lose my earbuds. Wow, what a really good explanation. Yeah, it's kind of like go into this with your thesis ready. Right. Yeah, and be prepared to politely defend it. Yeah, and also I would say be prepared to say, like, like Jen uh, Beef, excuse me. Yeah, Beef. As Beef made very clear, like, um, I can multitask. I have my earbuds on me. I will put my phone away if that's what you really want. But like, let's let's find a happy medium ground here. Yeah, like I need a second to check my phone after class. And then maybe after this conversation, asker slash beef, you might want to ask somebody who's close to you if you are rude technology-wise in other situations. Yeah, I would say maybe now is time to like do some self-examination. And yeah. like, when when do I have my phone open? Is it all the time? Like, am I crossing the sidewalk? Am I crossing like an open street with my phone out? Please don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. that. Makes me so nervous. Yeah, it's not good. But like, your close friends may say like, oh yeah, you diddle with your phone. But like, I get it. Um, and that's a really good piece of information because one, you know that you diddle with your phone all the time, and when you talk to somebody new, you maybe shouldn't. And two, now you know that you have a shorthand with your close friends that says like, this this is cool and this is fine. That's a good point. Yeah, some people may not mind. Some people will mind. But, like, you also have to figure out, like, am I actually paying attention to people when I have my earbuds in? Like, are you? The answer might be no, which is okay, but then you do have to adjust. I 100% agree. Yeah. I think we can move on to question two. Let's do it. Question two. (laughs) My friend keeps adding me to group text chains with people I barely know slash people I don't really want to be in group texts with. We had one successful journey into this. I became friends with a couple of more distant acquaintances through a group text portal that continues to this day. However, he can't stop attempting to repeat this success. I hate to burst his bubble because I know he just wants everyone to get along and be friends, but I also hate this. What can I say to him that won't come off as dickish? She, her. This is fascinating. Yeah. I've never been added to a group text without like, without, like a, a distinct reason. Like, hey, we're all in this cab together and we need a shit post about the driver. Right. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, like I have, um, I, I feel like the average person of general Gen Z millennial age has maybe one to three active to semi-active group texts at a time yep. before they lose it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> before they're like, I'm going to throw my phone into a lake. <laughs> right. So we're going to start this with the advice that we always give people with group text advice, which is please use the mute function of group text as often as you possibly can. Yeah. I mean, I've done something new recently, which is I put my phone on do not disturb at night, which has never been a thing I do. I know that so some people are like, you've never done that before. But no, I never have. And it's because I want to know what's going on. And also I go to bed very early and I lose. <laughs> I, I miss a lot of interactions. But I've learned that if I wake up to 47 text messages, it doesn't mean that there was an emergency. It means my friends are talking about America's Next Top Model. Exactly. Jen, yes. I also put my phone on Do Not Disturb at night. And I and I always have just because I still have a little bit of like every text message is meaningful and I have to pay attention to everything. But it ne- that's never the case. Absolutely. I, I sus- I'm starting to subscribe to the belief that if people really need me, Yes. They will call twice and it'll be pushed through. Yeah. And older people like me who, once again, I am verging in close on the age of 62. We grew up in an age where text messages were more meaningful and you did not send them that often because they were charged very differently. Yep. You know, like you didn't. It wasn't just. um, You had to use T9. Right. You're right. Like, I mean, like I would say text messages now are more closely akin to AIM. Like, uh, yeah, like oh, God, I miss AIM. Right. So like I, I think that like that's 
it's just it's the new aim. And so aim, if you're uh, Jen's age, which is 14, then you probably don't know that this was a free messaging service that you would use on like your computer. Like it was like dial up. It was an event every evening to go and sign in. Make your profile, your away message, hint at who you had a crush on, put your Jimmy Eat World lyrics. I was it was, say, it was post a, your MXPX lyrics. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So now we have group threads. Yes, um, I. So I think this is a very similar situation to the first question, in that it seems like you have very different value ascribed to group text uh, than your friend. Yeah. Yeah. I think what this friend feels like they're doing is the digital version of everyone's hanging out at a party and someone walks by and they go, oh, hey, it's my friend Beef. Beef, you would love to talk to this person. Here, come hang out with Sprout. And like, and then that's actually a polite thing to do if someone, if you're trying to introduce people at a party, I think. But a lot of it and on the, on the, on the phone. And also like he is, he is giving your phone number to people without your consent. Ah, like that's Don't ever not do good. that. Right. Like when you were talking about AIM, what was great about AIM is that like, you know, you'd have a username and people would know that username, but they don't have like your personal info. Like a cell phone number, I think, is more it's more valuable. Yeah. And it can be dangerous. It can. And he's a he him and you're a she her. And so there are some disconnects that he will never quite understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like and I'm not saying this. Gosh, we say this all the time to our male listeners. That we love you and we care about you, but you'll never fucking get it ever. Just <laughs> like, end of show. Uh, yeah. So, um, so I, I think what's important is first, unfortunately, the work is going to fall to you to explain that to him. Not the whole like, oh, you'll never get what it means to be a woman and handing out my phone number. You don't have to take that approach. Although I would yell that to my male friends. Yeah, I yeah. Would say. If it happened a lot, I'd be like, stop it. Stop giving out my fucking phone number. What are you doing? I don't need new friends. Right. So there are a few quick things you can say, like, hey, I'm going on a group text moratorium. This is the last one. Please don't add me to another one. Like, that's a very understandable. I think that's very understandable. I agree. I think you're worried that you're going to come off rude because you say, what can I say to him that will come off as dickish? I mean, you don't have to say fucking stop. You can say, hey, I can't keep up with all these humans. I just need fewer humans right now. There's nothing rude about that. Yes. If you want to be careful... Very careful, I guess. You could say, I love you. I think it's awesome you have this many friends. I don't need this many friends. I don't need to be on my phone as like this. Yes. 100%. I can't handle it. And th- there's nothing wrong with using I statements and saying what you need. I 100% agree with you. So I think maybe even the first step to this is please acknowledge that your request is not something that's like over the top. You know, it's you're not unreasonable at all. You're asking a very, very simple thing. I mean, couldn't you make easily make the argument that your other friend is being rude your friend i think is actually being rude yeah i think they're trying they don't it doesn't feel like it because they're connecting all their friends and that feels like lovely and social but like uh. no a hundred percent um i like i um i think that you are taking a worse view of yourself than you should like it seems like you are seeing so we had one successful journey into this actually let's talk about that Okay, we had one successful journey into this. He's probably been chasing that dragon since it worked. Like one successful journey, meaning it was a hilarious group that and everyone's now friends. Yeah, we have a distant, we a couple of distant acquaintances through a group text portal that continues to this day. Got it. So he's taking the mouse breeding approach. What this, the worm breeding approach? The worm. <laughs> the so 
Okay, so many <laughs> animals that are lower on the food chain will have many, many babies at the same time. So like a field mouse has like 18 babies pop out of them. That is because evolutionarily, maybe only a few of them will actually make it out of infancy. So he's just shooting he's doing out. this with friendships. Yeah, he's popping out dead, uh, dead mouse babies. This is terrible. He's popping out m- mice, hoping that one of them will survive to adulthood. And you don't need to be a part of this experiment any longer. I just want you to be empathetic to he had a win and he wants another win. Yep. That's what I think is happening More here. friendship, more friendship. More mice everywhere. Yeah. Or let's actually, be okay with the number of mice we have. Right. I adopted 18 mice as a child. That's I why remember I that. 18? Yeah. I think they it was 18. Yeah. Oh I think there was like, they were like, um, it was like somewhere between 15 to 19 baby wow. mice. Yeah, they all died. I'm sorry. It's okay. It was a learning experience for me and an understanding of evolution, the food chain. It was also very traumatic. Maybe we'll cut out this whole story okay. about mice. Yeah. What's important is you don't have to be on group text chains. You do not. You, you really don't have don't. to be on any. I, I do know someone that was like, absolutely not, swears them off, will not be added, refuses. Yeah. And I think that that's totally acceptable way yeah. to do things. So um, I think th- this is going to be a short answer because I, th- I think that the misunderstanding in this question isn't necessarily just what your friend is doing. It's that I think you are being a little too harsh on yourself. You are not being a dick by saying what your needs are. Yeah. You're not being antisocial either. Yeah. I Even agree. if you were, I think that'd be OK. But you're not. I mean, I think if you were to take one first step, the first thing I would do is say, Hey, bud, going on a group text moratorium, could you uh, ask me first to opt in before you add me to a group text? You don't even have to add that second caveat unless you really mean it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is wild that it's not opt-in. You have to opt out of this. Yeah, that's a bummer. Man, I had, um, so we have a bridesmaid uh, group text now with Jen's bridesmaid. And I think I talked to Lynn, uh, mm-hmm. one of your bridesmaids. We talked about having a group text chain like four times before our, like we actually made one happen. And oh, then, yeah. Now it's an eggplant. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, just so you guys know, I'm not I'm, I can't participate in this right now, but please leave me on. And because I'm reading all of your text messages. Amazing etiquette. That's yeah, all you got to do. was saying, I'm not answering all of these, but like I'm here. Yeah. It was so lovely. I'm loving it. McDonald's. <laughs> Beer. It's <laughs> what's for dinner. Foliage. Uh, this has been, uh, what the fuck is our it's show called? It's been Friendshipping. With Jen and Trin. Yeah. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can at Do Friendship. If you would like to buy our stuff, you can at thefriendshippingstore.com. If you have a question about friendship that you would like us to uh, muddle through, <laughs> uh, you can ask us. Uh, just email us at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. You can just make a burner email account. And send us a question. Make up, like, you know, hamburger 69420. We'll never know That's who you are. Taken. It's definitely taken. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our theme song. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for all of her beautiful design work. Thank you to Alex Cox for making the studio work. Thank you to our agent, Monica Verma. And thank you all for listening to this damn show. You're welcome for talking on this damn show. Your friendship at the problem. Jen, my safe word is blueberries. What's yours? Foliage. Oh, that one worked. Okay, now. <laughs> okay, we're leaving that in. Great.